episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. I'm joined by Pete Nodder, a partner at Twinbrook Capital Partners, a direct lending finance company focused on providing cash flow-based financing solutions for the middle market private equity community. Twinbrook is also the sponsor of today's episode. Pete joins me to talk about the state of the market today as we wrap up the year and to give us his take on what's on the horizon for 2022. Pete, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate you having me. So this fall, we ran a cover story in our magazine called The Great Compression that really talked about how busy everyone in the middle market M&A world has been lately. And that focused primarily on the rush to get deals done before the end of the year. But by many accounts, things have been pretty busy for a while now. You, of course, have had a front row seat to all of this. So I would love to hear, Pete, what you've seen over the course of the year, both in terms of deal activity as well as performance and recovery across businesses and industries. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting year for sure. Um, I, I think the, the way to characterize the beginning of the year was people were still in a bit of a COVID impacted markets. Remote work was still very prevalent. Uh, as a result, deal flow started out of the gates a little bit slower than I think we'd like, but we really started to see a significant pickup in the second quarter, and that has continued throughout the balance of the year um, to the point where, and we'll, we'll touch on what's happening in the current market to date, but we've seen a consistent increase in deal volumes and deal activity, both on the portfolio side as well as on the new deal side. Uh, really since the start of the second quarter, uh, which coincided with some return to work activity for folks, some return to normalcy relative to schedules and travel and things of that nature, uh, which has really uh, seemed to spurn um, or, or, or drive additional deal flow activity. And, and Pete, have there been any trends that you've noticed across industries over the past year in, in terms of their performance or recovery? Sure. Uh, we have seen um, some specific trends. As you might imagine, um, businesses that provided goods and services to consumers and into people's homes uh, and places where they were spending a lot more time during COVID have all done exceedingly well. Um, so we, we've seen a significant increase in uh, performance in those home services sectors. Um, and that has driven a lot of M&A activity in the space, as you might imagine, as um, you know, sellers are trying to capitalize on the most recent performance that they've seen over the last 12 to 18 months. On the flip side, businesses that were acutely impacted by COVID have struggled um, to nobody's surprise. So businesses that have been in hospitality or events or face-to-face interaction type um, services, um, those are just starting to um, come off the lows. And we've seen significant increases in those portfolio company performances. But um, I would say those need another six to 12 months uh, before we can really start to see a sustainable trend in, in those markets, um, just based on some of the choppiness by uh, geography and some of the uh, you know, COVID-impacted peaks and troughs that we've seen over the last six months in particular. Um, I, I would say those are the two areas that um, we've seen significant trend lines, both good and bad. And so that brings us to today, which you alluded to. How would you describe the current market environment and how does that maybe compare to, to what we've seen up to this point? Sure. Yeah. T- typically in our business, we see an increase in uh, deal volumes in the fourth quarter. That, that It's fairly standard. There, there seems to be a consistent push every year to um, get transactions closed by year end. I think uh, in 2021, what we're specifically seeing is the combination of 
um, a, a real COVID snapback in the second half of the year, uh, combined with folks' views uh, on pending tax changes that may take effect in early 2022, and really the drive to get transactions closed before year end. So those three factors uh, have continued to drive um, increased volumes uh, really ever since you know the beginning of the second quarter, but most specifically in the last um, 60 to, to 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I, you mentioned the the tax changes and the the general elevated activity that we've seen in past years in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm interested to know what you would say are the the biggest drivers for this active market today. Is, does one of those stand out, you know, above the others? I would say that um, you know, we've been in periods in the past where there have been pending tax legislation that has driven increased deal activity in the fourth quarter. That isn't anything new for our business. I think what we have seen is the effects of what we saw in 2020, which was a significant decline in overall deal volume um, and the snapback to a normal deal environment in 2021, uh, coupled with uh, all of the pent-up demand that we didn't see in 2020, driving effectively twice the volume through the same channel as we're used to seeing in 2021. So you have that combination plus the pending tax legislation has really driven sellers off the sidelines in great numbers and has resulted in the activity that we see today. Mm-hmm. And how has deal volume, how has that affected deal processes and, and timelines? Sure. Um, we have seen a compression in deal processes and in deal timelines. You know, typically what we like to tell sponsors is that, you know, if we're not engaged in a process, you know, by this time of the year, it's very difficult to get something done. Um, I think the processes and and timeframes have been expedited, um, which has allowed for a little bit of flexibility relative to starting a process. So as we sit here in late October, there should be some additional flexibility that gets us into November um, that still allows for transactions to get closed if we see cooperation from service providers in the form of um, attorneys and consultants and third-party QV providers and the like. Um, th- that seems like it's as much of a bottleneck now as, as it ever has been. Pete, I've, I've had the chance to interview several of your Twinbrook colleagues over the years, and one thing that comes up a lot is the strong relationships that the firm has with private equity sponsors and you know, really the open communication channels between Twinbrook and those clients. In those conversations that you've had with private equity firms over the past year, have you noticed any trends or themes as far as how sponsors are behaving, perhaps doing things differently in response to competition or to the pandemic economy that we're still largely operating in? We have seen some change in behavior. Um, I I think it starts with the processes that uh, investment bankers have chosen to run in 2021, which is a little bit different than the traditional process. They seem to be going out to fewer buyers early on in the process, running more limited auction processes, and really um, driving the sponsors to get more engaged earlier on in the process before they bring financing partners in. So we're typically getting calls a little bit later on in the process, potentially after IOIs have gone in, um, or or even in some cases after the sponsor has met with management, be it a, a fireside chat or a formal management presentation. Then we're getting the phone call. And at that point, um, we've really taken a process that's typically nine to 12 weeks and, and compressed it into a six to eight week time frame, which has created some efficiencies for us, but also some challenges relative to um, trying to slot transactions in in certain time frames uh, and manage around other capacity constraints that we may have. 
So I, I think that has been the biggest difference in behavior. And then to your point, Twinbrook's relationships have um, put us in a position where even if we get a call later on in the process, we benefit from having precedent transactions on the books with certain clients or having long histories with them, both at their existing firms and at prior institutions. Um, that has allowed us to expedite our underwriting process um, more than we normally would for a new borrower. And before I let you go, Pete, I want to ask you about what's ahead. 2021, I feel like in a lot of ways, was kind of a mixed bag. We had this really busy year for M&A that, that you and I have been talking about. But at the same time, we continue to live under a lot of COVID restrictions. We have these you know, labor shortage going on, a, a major supply chain disruption is underway that have, have all contributed to this drag on the economy. So what's your outlook for the middle market? It's a great question. And uh, I don't know that anybody really has a crystal ball in terms of what 2022 is going to look like. But um, we take a lot of stock in the performance of our existing portfolio and the rebound that we've seen in the portfolio performance since the depths of COVID, you know, coming up on 18 months ago now. Um, and that has been the catalyst for what we expect to be a very strong and robust um, economic period in 2022. That coupled with the fact that you, had, you still continue to have um, a lot of businesses that would have otherwise come to market in 2020 and 2021 um, that are maybe in their fourth, fifth, or sixth year under private equity ownership that should and will likely come to market in 2022. So not only will we see a, um, a continual improvement in our portfolio performance, which should drive add-on activity, but we should see um, additional sellers coming off the sidelines now that um, we've had a full year of financial performance um, that isn't COVID impacted anymore. Um, so we're kind of out of that last 12-month period where you have, you have some COVID impacted performance. And that should drive a lot more M&A activity into the early part of 2022. So we see a continuation of um, this activity, at least for the first half of the year, um, and, and hopefully for the balance of the year as well. All right, great. We'll leave it there for today. Pete, thank you so much for your time and for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks very much, Katie. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, please give us a rating and write a review. It really does go a long way in helping other listeners find out about us. This podcast is produced by the Association for Corporate Growth, the largest membership association for middle market M&A and corporate growth professionals. We host networking events across the world. We publish magazines and special reports and much, much more. Learn more about the benefits of membership at acg.org and consider joining us as a member. Last thing, if there is a topic you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, a guest you think would be great, or even if you just have some general feedback you want to share, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a note to editor at acg.org. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.